Welcome to No Instructions. I'm Bob. And I'm Josh. We're back. Hey, man. Hey, how you doing? I'm all right. Cool. How is everyone out there doing? <laughs> we'll just wait here while you respond. Oh, for real? That's crazy. I did oh. that, too. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I know. Hmm. That's tough. GameStop, am I right? <laughs> uh, it's been a while since we've recorded. We have not recorded this year. Is that what? No, the last time we recorded was with Matt when we talked about the end of The Mandalorian. That's crazy. Not intentional. We just haven't gotten around to recording. Um, stuff. <clears throat> yeah, beginning of the year is always a lot of uh, planning and catching up and you know, all that type of stuff. So anyway, we're back. Um, hope everybody's having a good beginning to their year and you are well and safe and all that um thank you for all the people who have like you know said they missed the show or uh have been reaching out asking when it was coming back stuff like that we really appreciate that and we're back now well yeah i was about to say exclusive uh we're back right now yeah (laughs) um i was going to be working on this model that i got i don't know several shows back this is the Ford GT. This is a 2006. It's one of my favorite cars of all time. Just super cool. So I got this thing all opened up, and I was going to start working on it, and then realized that I really should be painting all the pieces before I put them together. So yeah, I'm that's not going to work on this one. a rule of models that we put together on the show that we've never really abided by. Yeah. I think there's some really basic, like, I could paint the orange on this one. I could paint the interior pieces black, so at least it would have that. You know, maybe not go all out. But, so I'm going to set this aside and do something else. What are you working on? This is an exciting one. Yeah. Everybody should be watching the YouTube video uh, if you don't. Because I'm going to show you real quick. This box is heavy. (laughs) (laughs) This is the Lego Ecto-1 Ghostbusters hearse. And it's real big. It is very large. And there's lots of bags. Oh, that's what all that stuff is. I spelled out the sticker pack, and there's lots of weird little brown mountain-looking things, and those are the rust. Hmm. So they're... Very uniform rust patterns on that vehicle. Hmm. But, yeah. That's a cool set. Yeah, it's really big. And uh, I need to make this set last. Because this (laughs) set was not cheap. Yeah. So... Maybe by my birthday, I'll have it finished. So you have a tendency to just like work as fast as you can on sets while we're recording and you get things done faster than I do. So you got to I have that tendency with life. Well, yeah. To just like be done with a thing. So I want to, but I I mean, I still find fulfillment in this set. So it's not just like I burn through it uh, without like enjoying it. it. Yeah, Yeah. I try my best to. Part of it is like the finding of the piece. The enjoyment of, like, the engineering challenge that someone had to go through. The, like, puzzle aspect of it. But then I have all these parts, and I want all of these parts to be in their place. So I have to slow down. So I have bag one of, like, man, there's 18, 20 mm. bags in there. So going slow. Nice. Well, I'm, I think I'm going to start working on the Slave 1. This is a Bandai, one of the Bandai kits. And this is a like larger model than i was expecting but when we were watching that um episode of the mandalorian when slave one like flies around the thing you know and they're at the jedi planet as soon as i saw it again i'm like oh that model's gonna go up in price i'm gonna order that right now that's smart move (laughs) so so, what i really enjoyed about 
the Mandalorian when they were in the ship is they showed how it rotates. Yeah. I was, was like, cool. you clever girl. You did not need to put that in there. Yeah. But that was a good touch. And that was all in the volume. Like, they just had a set. And then they projected the inside of the outside walls of the spaceship on them and then just, like, rotated it in the volume. That's super cool. Whereas that would have been, like, practically impossible or not worthwhile thing to do, you know, if they had done it in a real set. All right, I'm going to open these bags real quick. Well, I guess I'll use a knife. Not as quick as you would. Yeah. These are kind of, ah, loud bags, so apologies for that. Um, so it's been a while since we have recorded, so we haven't talked on here about, believe it or not, Josh and I do talk when we're not recording the show. So we've talked a lot over the last month or so, but mm -hmm. we haven't talked on here about WandaVision, nope. about, um, I don't know, any other nerdy, interesting stuff. So you got anything going on, any... Uh, any things we haven't really covered that you wanted to jump through? Let me see. What can I tell the people? See, we just finished our... Um... Oh, crap. It's cold. It's not a mudroom. Stop trying to say mudroom. Mudroom. Laundry room. Laundry room. Good yes. grief. It's like when you get one of those neurotic little things where your brain is like, just say this. They'll get it. And I'm like, yeah. that's not the word. <laughs> uh, our laundry room which we use some of the tile from the leftover project video that you had, and then we splurged and got ourselves a grown-up gift where we got the fanciest and the dopest washer and dryer. So excited about my new cool washer and dryer. Such an adult. I know. I don't have to put detergent in it every time. It just has it in there because it's the future. <laughs> but we finally finished that project. Um, I am starting something new. Albeit slowly, but I am challenging myself this year uh, to build another bass guitar completely from scratch. So the one that I had before, I made the body, I took the electronics, and I took the neck from a kit. And I married those two together. And so I said, self, <laughs> you know how to use Fusion. You know how to model. You taught people how to model. Why can't you do this yourself? And I said, dang, self, that's a fine question. Wow, self, you're really smart Man. and handsome. <laughs> and then uh, I, I'm scared to do it. <laughs> so myself is challenging myself because myself knows what myself can do, but then my other self doesn't want to do it. You guys should all get together and get on the same page. Oh, it's frustrating, the battles that we have. <laughs> so that's what I am attempting to do this year. But again, I'm a scared I don't yeah. know why I'm scared. It's really stupid. It's a piece of wood. It's not like the only piece of wood in the whole wide world. Yeah. We've got what, a, a truckload of cherry that the, the three of us, me and Bob and Anthony here. Anthony found some on a, an auction site. So we have almost as much walnut as I have in cherry now. So it's not for a lack of material. I don't mm -hmm. know why I'm so hesitant to start that project. Well, I mean, you know, it's one of those things that it's there's a lot of pieces to it, a lot of steps that all have to work together. And if you've never done them, it seems overwhelming. But I guarantee you, once you mean you've been spending tons of time doing research and stuff, but once you actually start taking those steps and doing like piece, it's going to be like the Lego set where you do one and you're like, well, I got to do the next one because that's where you know that's where it naturally goes to. Then you'll be flying through all the parts of it. And like you said the other day, once you're done with it. It's not like you can't ever make another one or improve it or take it apart or change something. It's just like a one of the projects, you know. So, yeah, I've I've done a lot of growing in that uh, that aspect lately. That 
I get so excited or I get really kind of nervous about like the thing that I'm going to make or the thing I'm going to commit to. And I, I have this feeling that that thing has to be the perfect version. Like I have it in my head and I've, I've grown in my skills over the years. This is not the first you know, instrument that I'm going to kind of make. So it's the next logical step. And so part of it is doubt. And the other part is that I, I don't think it's going to be as perfect as I want it to be. And I came to the realization that that is a stupid goal that creates a stupid hindrance and that I don't need to be limited by that. And <clears throat> while I want something to be as perfect as it possibly can, because I'm anal retentive and I'm a perfectionist and all those things, uh, it probably won't be. And the base that I, uh, that I have right now, the one that I made isn't perfect. And maybe it's because somebody pointed it out. Like I was playing, I, I play bass in church every once in a while. And someone pointed out that the pickups that I have on the bass that I made that came with the kit are weak. And so I had to like add a lot of gain in the system and like it, it caused undue attention or unwanted attention to me. So, well, the thing that I made is faulty or it's not great. And now it's publicly facing not great. And that bothers me. And so this was me making another one is in response to that silly thing. Someone says, oh, those, those pickups are kind of weak. We need to add more gain. A simple thing that someone who is an audio engineer, it's not a, really that big of a deal, but I took it as a big deal. Something I made uh, is, is lackluster hmm. or it's faulty or I did something wrong, even though I probably didn't, or maybe I didn't, I don't know. So I go, okay, in response to that, I'm going to make the perfect one. I'll make the holy grail, old Excalibur. But then I'm like, well, if I'm going to cut this thing on the CNC, I'm about to cut Excalibur, which is stupid because it's not. Yeah. It's a piece of wood. Yeah. But I challenged myself to model it to what I wanted the first one to be, but the first one wasn't because I wasn't good enough at my modeling. Um, I had never really done 3D CNC work before, so I kind of caved and just did it two-dimensional on my X-carve and then cut it down on the bandsaw. So now I added some some swoopties where I wanted them always to be, but I didn't really know how to make swoopties, and so now... like. <laughs> We can add a chapter in the Fusion course about how to make All you do is buy the Swoopty plug-in. Duh. Yeah. That's cool. I'm glad you're doing it. And it motivated me to like take a step towards a guitar that I've always kind of wanted, but I don't need. And so I've never taken a step towards making one from scratch because I have several guitars that I don't play. Um, and that's... The, I don't think that that should be the metric. Um, I spoke one time in my Instagram stories around Christmas time about the motorcycle. And everybody who is following along with that motorcycle saga is super excited about it. And they want me just to be excited about the motorcycliness of the whole thing and to be in like the motorcycle culture and to ride it and want to do all these things. And like, I mean, I get that they're excited and they want me to, to share in their excitement. And I, I greatly appreciate that. But like riding the motorcycle was never really the goal. Yeah. And it's really intimidating. And I don't think I would do it very often. And so for me, the goal was just to learn more about engines. I mean, that's what I talked about on here, and that's why the person gave it to me. I have learned a lot about engines. I have to get the thing working, and then I, honestly, I want to sell it. I would be completely content with selling that motorcycle with never have having it, you know, actually ridden. So yeah. maybe that's just negligence on my part <clears throat> in some some fashion that I'm willing to sell it to somebody that I've never actually tried to ride the thing myself, but. I don't know. That was never my goal. I don't know. So, yeah. 
Well, I mean, like in my case, I would play the guitar just not as as much, and maybe it would give me motivation to play more than I am. And maybe once you have the the motorcycle running, maybe you will be curious about it, and then you will find that you either like it or don't like it, or you know, your opinion could change once you get pretty far down that road. But yeah, but it's way too cold in my shop right now mm. to try to do anything with that motorcycle. So I, the last time I tried to get it to run, I set myself some clear goals to where uh, the analogy of this Lego set with that motorcycle, I tried to sprint. I tried to sprint through it. I want to get this done so that it's off my plate. I'll enjoy the learning process, but I want to enjoy the learning process as efficiently and directly as possible. Uh, and so when it became a hassle, I did some research. I knuckled down for like a week. I'm like, this is going to be the big push to get this thing done. And if it is not done by the end of this week i'm going to put it off till at least the spring because we had the project video that was in our house we did the murphy bed and the holidays and stuff were coming up and i don't want to sit out in the freezing cold garage and ignore my family with my time off so it's sitting there it looks nice but i so, I, I i have a purpose for it i'm not being lazy i'm going to finish it in the spring hopefully do you think that's going to change since the timetable will be different like your um your pace and your like determinedness, determinedness, how determined you My are determined to finish it. Will that change? Do you think you'll slow down and like actually intentionally slow to enjoy or will it for the motorcycle be, or yeah. in general? No, 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 no. For the motorcycle. Probably not. Cause I know what's wrong with it. Like at this point I have, you know, a thing that's wrong with it. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, and I don't mean that in a negative yeah. way, but like with, with engine stuff, yes. it's like, you know, the next step and then who knows, honestly. Yes. I know right now more clearly than ever <laughs> the problem with that motorcycle and why it is not running. Yeah. But the process of correcting that problem is taking the whole motorcycle apart, mm. taking the engine apart and resetting the timing, which in itself is not inherently difficult, but getting to it is disassembling the entire thing right and that's where like okay i know how to do it i've done it enough times already i just don't want to do that right now that can go on a back burner hmm. i have a clear path to what i think could be success and i will get to it at this time period so i'm trying to be more purposeful uh, and not be so just heads down and sprint to a goal just because it's on my list i'm trying to be content with things existing on my to-do list as long as they have a clear scheduled uh, amount of effort they're mm. not just there as like a figment that like i walk past and ignore it so it just becomes the thing that i walk around like nope i i know and so if anybody's looking for a motorcycle <laughs> maybe around springtime i'll have one that works you can have it <laughs> maybe <laughs> Maybe. Maybe if, you're not, if you're not going to dry it, drive it and find out, then who knows? <clears throat> yeah. It's all theoretical. That's cool. Well, what kind of guitar would you want to want to make? Uh, there's a Fender. I called us a, a Starcaster, and it's one. They're remaking it now. There's a you know reissue versions of it and stuff. But for a long time, it was one they made in I believe in the 70s, and then they kind of stopped making it for a long time. And it's a um, semi-hollow body, kind of has like the front horns of it are kind of a, they're like offset a little bit, so it, like a Stratocaster would be, mm -hmm. 
but the outer shape of it and the top of it is a little closer to like a the Epiphone, is it E55, the Semihollow body? That iconic Epiphone, whatever model that is, I don't really know. But so it looks kind of like that, except that the horns are offset and the F holes are not in line with each other. They're a little bit offset. So it's kind of a mixture between the Epiphone look, a Strat, kind of a Jaguar. It's an interesting like middle ground. And yeah. I've never owned a semi-hollow body. Um, so it has a really weird headstock. I don't like the headstock. So one of the advantages of making my own would be that I could change that shape. And um, That's been a, a fun endeavor because that is, it's a, a brand icon. Yeah. And so you not only are developing a piece of wood that holds your tuning machines on a guitar or a bass, but you get to design how it looks. And that's a, a very iconic piece. And when I went to redesign or design the second base, I started with the body because that's what I did before. And I kept hitting all these really annoying roadblocks. And then I realized I was doing it all wrong as I had to start with the fretboard. Because in the, the fretboard on a the guitar, there's a lot of, there's how many strings are you going to have? Mm -hmm. uh, what string spacing? What, what scale are you going to have? How, how long is it? And how many frets do you want to have? And is it going to be a, a, a headstock that has a scarf joint where it's angled? Or is it going to be swoopy down like a fender? And so there was so many questions that I never really thought about. But I had the body. But then when I, I found a model of a neck somewhere and I put it on there, I'm like, well, this looks all wrong. I'm like, because I started in the wrong direction. Mm. And so it's, it's an interesting exercise that I hope to actually use, unlike the motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> but even if I didn't use it, it's it's a thing that, I don't know, I, I'm sure you have it and a lot of people probably listening have it. It's a thing that occupies space in my head. And there's there's things that like, what, what lives in your head rent-free? Have you heard that saying? Yeah. Yeah, this is the opposite of that. It is the annoying neighbor upstairs that won't shut up. And I want to evict it. I want to evict these ideas. I want to see them through. I want to be satisfied with them. And I want them to leave so that yeah. the next thing can take their 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 place like i can't like i can't move on they're stomping really hard upstairs <laughs> i don't know if other people have that same stomping thing. really hard upstairs um i'm i feel like i'm missing like a very large obvious piece here which is probably not good does it have a window uh it, no it's like the the main back big it's like this so? shape anyway uh, I'll mm. find it. Maybe. Maybe I won't. <laughs> oh, and it's made up of other pieces. I gotcha. Well, okay, you haven't cool, cool. made it yet. Yeah, I see. Okay, so WandaVision. Oh, yeah, WandaVision. Uh, thoughts. WandaVision. I, I have a feeling I know what your thoughts are going to be. We haven't really talked about it. Maybe just a little bit. Well, lay it on me because I'm unsure. I have a feeling that you don't like it. I would not characterize it as dislike. Okay. Um... I, I'm intrigued, but it is a, a low level of interest. Hmm. It's like, oh, this is kind of neat. Like, it's strange, and it's weird, and there's these little tiny hints that there's something bigger. And I'm like, oh, that, that's interesting. But it it's not gripping. Hmm. Like, if I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, cool. What else you got? Yeah. But it's not like it's it's on every Friday, just like The Mandalorian. They slow drip it. 
I'm not racing to sit down with the family to watch it. But when I do watch it, I mean, I'm entertained. Hmm. I thought the last one was pretty neat. So there was, as of recording, there are three episodes it's on so far. Yeah. The first two that they released. So it's like the, what, the 50s, 60s, and 70s era. Do you want to like lay down the premise of the show for people who may not have watched it? Yeah, so for anybody that doesn't know, it's about... Uh, I mean, there's spoilers for the movies if you haven't watched all the Marvel movies. But basically, Scarlet Witch, her name is Wanda, fell in love with Vision, who's a cyborg robot guy in the movies. And then he died in the movies. She ripped his headstone out. Yeah, she, they were in love, but she knew that she had to take his brain stone which is one of the Infinity Stones, out of his head to save all of existence from Thanos. Except so, that she didn't. Except that she didn't, but she still killed him. Um, good. Anyway, but it was like a sacrifice kind of moment for them. So this show is the first thing, the first piece of Marvel content since Endgame. Is that correct? It's Spider-Man Far From Home. It's after Endgame. Mm, okay, yeah. Which is, I mean, related, but... Most of those characters, there wasn't a direct thing. Uh, this is the first TV show, yeah, because it was in there was released or uh, it was announced an entire line of new content for phase what five, four. We're in phase four. Okay. So anyway, this show came out and nobody understands how Vision's even alive because he died in the movie, and then the presentation of the show every episode looks like a sitcom from a different era of television. So, like you said, we have 50s, 60s, and 70s style shows, but it's a sitcom, and there's something within each episode where you can see this, this like, super-powered lady who can just move things with her mind or whatever, and her cyborg robot purple-faced husband are in a sitcom, and they're trying to hide the fact that they are who they are, but they don't seem to really realize that they're in a sitcom. So it is very, very confusing yeah. all around. Um, and I think just with the episode that should come out tomorrow, things will start to become a little bit more clear as to what's really happening, why it's a sitcom, why he's alive, maybe. I don't know. But my kids went into it with the... And we've watched all the Marvel stuff in order. My kids are like super fans like I am. And so I didn't really give them any... They saw the trailer for the show, but I didn't give them any indication that it wasn't going to be just another movie of you know that style. Mm -hmm. And so we got through the first... first two episodes came out on the same day. We got through the first one, which was all black and white, and they were like, I mean, that was kind of interesting, but like, what's going on? Yeah, my son and kept like, asking when they were going to stop. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, We're going to have to wait and see. And so we, I've kind of teased them a little bit with the... There's some reality altering something happening. Who knows who's in charge of it? Who knows in, in control or causing or any of that stuff? But we're just going to have to wait and see. So they're really interested in seeing how it plays out. And that's kept them all involved with it. So I'm enjoying it. I like the fact that it's breaking out of the mold that we're used to around this type of story. You know, that it's... You don't know why. You don't really know what you're seeing. You don't, you know. Yeah. It's like with The Mandalorian. I love it, but you know it's very episodic. You know that at the end of it, you're going to be set up for the next one. And in this one, in this show, it's like, 
you really don't know when things are going to start to become clear or how clear they're going to become. I mean, it could get to the end of it and you really don't have any idea what happened in this case or in that case because it's all leading toward the next phase of shows and movies and, you know, like a broader universe of stuff. And so we may not get all the answers. I think that's pretty interesting. I really like the style. Uh, I know it's confusing and I know it's kind of atypical that, you know, 2020... Com like extremely popular comic book series just decides to take on the style of 50s, 60s TV shows. Like the first episode was, and it's not just like shot in the style, but then they're having like a normal superhero kind of dialogue. It's, it's as if these two characters and then some ancillary people in the town are in the Dick Van Dyke show. Yeah. Like it, Vision walks in the room and like walks around the ottoman where Dick Van Dyke used to trip over it in the opening sequence. If you watch shows and if you're old enough to remember when it came on or watched it on like TV land or anything. So and they interact. They have a lot of the same dialogue, the types of jokes. Yeah, they have little commercials that they make like the some of them are like derogatory toward women in that like she needs to be cooking in the household because it was of the time. So it's not like a a parody it's as if you're watching the dick van dyke show with these two other characters that happen to have like superpowers but they don't use them for good they use them for like she uses it to like make the vacuum go or to make dinner appear on the table and so i was like oh this is kind of like dick van dyke show and bewitched kind of weird thing going on and the very next episode was the bewitched style yeah. episode <laughs> which and in those moments like there's weird little things that that happen that pull Wanda specifically out of that, her environment mentally for a moment. And it does the same thing to you. So like you are discovering that something is a little amiss with the main character in the show. So it's kind of neat. Like yeah. they have laugh tracks. Um, and even the first episode was actually filmed before a live studio audience. You know oh, was it really? Yeah. It sounded like a laugh track. Oh, no, cool. No, they did a live studio. And in fact, to replicate like the visual look of everything, they used modern cameras, but they used uh, period lenses from each one of those eras oh, that's neat. to get the right look. They even modified the color of the objects on set so that they would look like they should look in black and white on modern camera sensors and stuff. They went like really far. Well, the set design and the costume design are spot on. Yeah. Like perfect. Yeah. The third one was a partridge family kind of brady bunch ish 70s very bright colors the grass was you know like astroturf out in the backyard and like there's more drama developing and i remember my son who's 10 just kept like thinking it was an interstitial or there was like a, a throwback some kind of memory that she was having and i'm like no this is this is what you're watching and he was a little disappointed because he he didn't get it and I'm like, yeah, this, the whole point is so that you don't get it. You don't get it yet. Yeah. And he was uncomfortable by it. But he wanted to come back and watch the third one, so he must not have been all that uncomfortable. <laughs> but it's like, it's a Truman Show meets Pleasantville with comic book characters. Like, hmm. the black and white and times reveal some color because something is off. The, the townspeople, like, they they know more than Wanda and Vision know. So it's this weird, like, they are the subject of some kind of experiment or some kind of weird thought prison 
with little little asides to like a control room where there's TV screens or I don't know, like it, it's cool. They're they're leaking just enough in each one of those episodes to remind people that something about what you're seeing is wrong in the story, not just you're you're watching a 1950s sitcom in 2021, right. yeah. but like something in the story is wrong. So what I think is going to be really interesting with this particular show is the second watch when you go back and you know how it kind of plays out or at least what's controlling it. I mean, I don't think we're going to, like I said, know everything. But when you go back and watch those first episodes and start to see, they're obviously baking in clues and all sorts of different things um, that you just can't see at this point. So it's going to be cool to go back and I think rewatch it. It's going to act as a different thing than right now. We're just confused, you know. See, At least the, I hope. The guy with the bees in the second episode? Yeah. That was that was creepy. Yeah. She walks out in the middle of the street, and there's a dude coming out of a manhole with bees all around him, and it gets real ominous, and she just says, no. And, like, boom, it goes back to what they were doing. I'm like, everything Whoa, like that was cool. Yeah, everything, like, rewinds, and it's, it's really interesting. If you're, you know, at all interested in checking it out, I would highly recommend it. So I think we get into some kind of theory stuff here. Because I have some theories. Okay. They've made it pretty obvious that, like, um, this may be spoilery, so at this point. Um, there's little indications of S.W.O.R.D. all over. So S.W.O.R.D. is, in, in the MCU, S.H.I.E.L.D. was this group of, I don't know, what would you call them? A government agency, like protection agency or something yeah, like that? Yeah, worldwide counter bad guy agency. Yeah. Um. And it was like Earth defense, basically. And so S.H.I.E.L.D. fell apart in the movies. S.W.O.R.D. in the comic books, I'm not super well-versed in this, but as, as I understand it, S.W.O.R.D. is the galactic version of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, it's the, the one outside of... Facing. Yeah, goes out. And so in this show, for the first time, we're seeing um, this little S.W.O.R.D. icon. Like one of the characters oh, yeah. had it on her necklace. Mm-hmm. It was on the back of the bee suit guy. It was on the side of the the little toy plane that she found in the bushes. It's like peppered all over. Mm-hmm. So S.W.O.R.D. is either in control of this thing or trying to get in touch with her through this thing. I think they're in control, personally. I think, yeah, I think she's in some type of, um, like, meditative state. Yeah. That they're keeping her in. Yeah. That's the, it's, there's a lot of assumption that this is based off the House of M, which is a comic book series. Forby and I actually talked about this when he was here recently. And um, in that comic book series, after Vision died, she basically started rewriting reality because she's that powerful. She started rewriting it so that he could be alive and be with her. Hmm. And the rest of the world was trying to work against her as a way to stop her from just ripping reality apart because you know, the downstream effects of like, well, if he's alive, then that means this thing happened and that thing happened and these people died and this thing happened and whatever. So that sounds pretty good. Yeah. So, so it could they be would where, just like create a reality where she's trapped with him. Yeah. She's in a cell mm. maybe until they figure out what to do or how to stop her or, and she may not even realize she's doing it. That's the thing. Like, you know, but anyway, that's my assumption is that is sword, Professor X keeping her there. I don't know. Whoa. You never know. That'd be cool. But in that same series, apparently she was Magneto's daughter or something. I don't know. Whatever. Comics get kind of crazy. Hmm. But 
that's probably where this is going. So the sword is also, because it's the outward facing intergalactic kind of defense, whatever, uh, it should be related to Captain Marvel. It should be related to the scrolls. The scrolls, yeah. Scrolls. The end screen or the end scene in uh, Spider-Man. Yeah, Nick Fury was out in a spaceship somewhere, yep. hanging out. That's probably sword. So, I think that's where it's headed. But then at, at the same time, there's like multiverse stuff happening, you know. And she's supposed to also be in Doctor Strange too, and that's all multiverse related. And who knows? I think that's why it's exciting. It's because they're mixing and they're pulling pieces from different comics and new stuff and they're just kind of jamming it together so you might think you know it's going this direction and then it changes because they're writing something new so i think it's good at marvel to try to drudge up as much intrigue as possible because they've been out of the the limelight for a while yeah i love seeing uh, twitter uh, explode about who they think is going to be in the next spider-man movie it's ridiculous because it's like half of the working screen actors guild apparently yeah. has signed on to this movie all of the previous spider-men all of the bad guys i don't know how much is actually substantiated and how much it's true but even that in itself is is cool i mean they yeah. talk about dr strange in the multiverse and with um the the newest spider-man movie like the sony one the cartoon oh Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse, yeah. It, it opens up, especially even with the, the comics that Spider-Man had. There's an entire series to all of the different Spider-Men that exist across the multiverse, and then they all come together. And so it's not beyond the scope of, of reality to try to have more than one Spider-Man. If you get mm -hmm. Tobey Maguire, the Facebook kid, and Tom Holland all in the same movie the like Facebook that. Facebook kid? What is that guy's name? He was in a Facebook movie. I don't remember his oh, name. I never saw Garfield? Him. James Garfield? Andrew? Andrew? James, James Andrew? Garfield. I don't know. He was a president, I think. Yeah, he was. <laughs> <laughs> he could bring him back, too. Yeah, that'd be cool. We have Man. past presidents in the... Uh... <laughs> he would be the suckiest Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> my beard won't fit under this mask. In my days, spiders were bad things. <laughs> but, yeah. I'm, I'm starting a petition now to put James Garfield in <laughs> Spider-Man 3. You should just put it on Twitter. Everybody will think it's true. Whoa. We're going to exhume James Garfield and put him in. James Garfield, Mark McGuire. <laughs> Some name Holland. Mark McGuire from? The baseball player. Oh, I thought you were talking about, wasn't he the lead singer of a band? I don't know. He's a baseball of, player. Um, what's the name of the band? Oh, man. I'm thinking of somebody else. Mark McGuire. It's, it's Mark McGuire. Mark. Oh, man. Terrible. You're talking about Sugar Ray's lead yes, singer? Yes, yes. What's That's his name? Mark McGrath. Mc oh, okay. All right. Well, we can put him in it, too. Sure. What in the world? Might as well. Did I ever tell you I, I was standing next to him in line at Disney World? Mark McGrath? Yeah. Did you, uh, did you went... wash your hands? <laughs> <laughs> it was really strange. We were there with the kids. We were in line. I think we've talked about this. We were in line at uh, It's a Small World. And I, like, look up. The, the family in front of us was this guy. And I'm like sure that's the singer from sugar ray and this is maybe i don't know 10 years ago so they weren't popular he wasn't doing that anymore or whatever so i'm like looking at him like i'm pretty sure that's him and wife and a couple of kids and everything and i like pull up my phone trying to just be real you know i'm like look up him looking at the face on my phone and him i'm like oh yeah that's totally him and then i a couple weeks later i saw that he was in 
Epcot, they were having like a wine festival or something at Epcot. Yeah, yeah. And he was like one of the attendees or something. So, do you know the my brush with greatness? Do you know Theo Vaughn? Nope. He's a podcaster, apparently, which caught me off guard. Yeah, really. Way to go, Theo Vaughn. Anybody (laughs) can be a podcaster. You don't have to ask permission. But he was on like road rules and stuff back in the day when all that crap was popular on MTV. Yeah, this guy. But I remember when I was at, in college, I was at UCF, and they had, like, some people just come to the school to, like, I don't know, hang out, answer questions or whatever. And they had free food. And I went there because I was poor and didn't have any food. And uh, I was standing in line to get some spaghetti. And the stinking road rules guy, like, cut in front of me in line. I'm like, hey, bro, it's not the end of the line. He's like, yeah, but I got to go on stage. I'm like, well, good for you. You still need to go to the back of the line. And Don't you know who I am? All these people turn around and start talking to him. I'm like, why are you guys feigning interest in this freaking line cutter? Like, no. And I look at him like, oh, you're that guy from the, the thing on MTV? He's like, yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. And I remember the line <laughs> that he gave out. Someone was like, how much money do you make on those shows, man? And he was like, not a lot, bro. Like, enough to buy a puppy. That was his line. <laughs> and I remember like, wow, you're like a... Enough to buy a puppy. You're a turd like okay sure turd and then he kind of went away and i saw him randomly on the internet in like news settings i think and i was oh, like oh it was like a correspondent yeah i'm guy. like why is the freaking road rules puppy guy on the news that guy isn't shouldn't be talking about stuff mark mcgrath did that too i guess he that's was on the like, next logical thing yeah, like e-news you're on the something. mtv and then mtv stops caring about you all oh, a bunch of pregnant moms are going to be correspondence and <laughs> pregnant teenagers that's what it is but anyway what the heck were you even talking about i have no idea we were talking about Comic spider-man books and stuff yeah <laughs> yeah so um let's see how long are we in here 30, 40 minutes um switching gears completely i found a new game that i think you might like with the kids so we've talked about dungeons and dragons here a few times and I had asked around a long time ago, and I forgot what the answers were that people would give me, so I went looking for a Dungeons & Dragons kind of primer, like a like a whole family, how do you get started in that, you know, before you actually get into the game. And there's a game called Dungeon, made by Dungeons & Dragons. And so it's basically just the dungeon half of Dungeons & Dragons, I guess. Hmm. But it's a board game, all ages, very easy to play, but you get a character, and there's I think there's eight characters that come with it, and they have like a a race and a you know they have a name and stuff. But it's completely irrelevant to well, I guess the the race is not. So there's wizards, there's clerics, there's whatever and whatever, and that's the only thing that's important. They have names and they have skills and all the stuff, but it doesn't it's never used. But you're on this board in this dungeon. Excuse me. And there's these halls and then there's rooms and they're all connected by these little walkways and steps and there's doors and stuff. It comes with a a mat. You don't have to make one. Yeah. It's just a big game board. And um, so you all start out in the central hall and it's level one. And then as you fan out from it, it goes to level two, three, four, five and six. And then every time you just walk, you can move up to five spaces every turn. So you just decide where you want to go within five spaces And every time you walk into a room, you pick a monster card up that matches that level. So if you're in level one, pick up level one monster. 
When you flip over the card, it has the colors of the types of players, the wizards, clerics, whatever's of them, whatever's. They each have a color. So you look at that color, you look at the number, and that's what you're rolling against. And okay. it's that simple. So it's just like, if you beat that, then you pick up a treasure card that's also the same level, level one. If you lose, then you roll for the monster, and that tells you what kind of damage you take. But it's very straightforward, so my entire family can sit down. And, and it's also completely random. Like, there's no... Mm. You don't have to have a story no. in, in mind? No, and there's no decision-making. It's just moving, oh. rolling the dice. And the whole point is to go out, defeat monsters, get treasure. Each type of player has a certain amount of treasure they have to get before they come back to the center point of the game. If you get back there first with that number, you win. Oh, cool. So it's, you know, you can play for 30 minutes. You play for an hour. It moves really quickly between between people. They're fighting without actually fighting something and having yeah. to worry about a bunch of details. Um, but it's um, it's a fun game. And I think even with, like, your kids are a little bit younger than mine, but I think they would totally get it and have fun with it and, yeah. you know, kind of get them ready for the Dungeons Dragons thing. So My kids have been on a card game kick. Hmm. Uh, my wife found a game called Garbage. You ever played Garbage? I played Garbage. Yeah, it's just you get 10 cards face down, and the whole goal is to get 1 through 10. And so, like, you pick a card up in the middle. If you can use it, if it's ace through 10, you add it to yours. You flip over the card that was in that spot, see if you can use it, and you keep going until all of your cards are flipped over and sequentially ordered. Uh, my kids super like that. Hmm. And my oldest son asked me... If I would teach him how to play poker, mm. um, which I mean, I'm not like an avid poker player, but like I kind of enjoy playing poker every once in a while. And I had asked you guys if you guys would be interested in playing poker at one point because I wanted to build like a poker table, have some nice chips and I don't know, just as a as a fun game. So I, I taught my son how to play and we didn't play with money. We played with animal crackers. And he was like, do they have, like, chips? I don't know where he's seen this stuff. But I'm like, yeah, there's chips. I was like, different places have chips. And we talked about the slippery slope of gambling. <laughs> and so I don't want to use anything that even resembles money. Because we have fake money that they earn whenever they do work around the house. And he's like, we can use that. And I'm like, no, we don't want to do that. Yeah. So the animal crackers were getting kind of gross and stale. So I went out <laughs> and actually got some. Um, he used the same animal crackers? No, but, like, <laughs> you can't eat them afterward. Well, obviously. Because everybody has been handling them. Yeah. So then you're just wasting animal crackers. Mm, gotcha. So I went out and got some poker chips, and so it makes it kind of seem real grown up and cool and neat. And so every night he wants to sit down and like play a couple of hands of poker. And so my wife and my son and I hmm. will play poker in the evenings most nights. That's but fun. Yeah, they've been on a huge card game trick. Somebody got them Uno Attack for Christmas. You ever played Uno Attack? Is that the one that spits cards at yeah. you? Yeah. No, I haven't played it, but I, I know it's an it. annoying version of Uno. <laughs> <laughs> where you have to push the button a certain amount of times and it randomly like spits out extra cards where normally you have to like oh you get a draw two or a draw four so huh. i don't like it but yeah, it they don't like it either which is great so now we just have <laughs> oh. a huge stack of uno cards so they like playing uno oh yeah like playing garbage like we've been in a uh, i would say we like i have tried purposely to say yes to playing games with my kids where normally mm. i would I try to find something else to do, or I would be really busy and go like, well, guys, I got this other stuff to do. And so I want to sit down and play board games with them. I'm trying to teach them how to be more gracious losers. Hmm. Um, if they don't shake hands or high five and say good game, then they don't get to play the next round. 
Hmm. And some kids are very annoyed at that, and other kids have learned from that. And so I'm trying to teach them sportsmanship. I want to be more included in the stuff that they do. And I was on the fence about trying to teach my son poker. I thought it was like a little odd. I'm like, well, whatever. I mean, it's a board game. Yeah. Or not a board game. It's it's a game. If you don't involve money, then it doesn't have to involve money. Yeah, you could lose money betting on Monopoly if you really wanted to, you know? Well, that's where it kind of started, hmm. is that he wanted to play Monopoly. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll play Monopoly. I don't have <laughs> six hours of my life that I can throw away. Invest. Ugh. Buddy, if you're listening to this in the future, I love you. Nobody wants to play Monopoly. <laughs> No adult wants to play Monopoly. Yeah. It's not a game. That's just real life. Like, you have to pay rent, and you could go to jail for dumb stuff. Like, it's not even a fun game. You just take my money. So my then the idea of Monopoly. playing poker without actually putting forth money, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah let's do that. Hmm. Let's not learn about real estate. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, my kids have been playing Monopoly uh, past six months or so. It kind of picked up from somewhere i'm not really sure but they seem to stick with it which is surprising like when i was a kid man if we ever made it through a full game that was a you know something else but i don't know they're did you ever play risk uh yeah i have played it i never played it a whole lot but we used to play it at the job i used to have where i was a water survival instructor we had a a little shed out back where we would maintain like scuba bottles and stuff and we had a big table out there and we would play risk and it got very heated. Hmm. Friends become enemies very quickly. The rules are, I mean, are pretty straightforward, but you can play the game however you want. And there's people that disagree with certain strategies, even though they're within the confines of the rules, and they get mad. Hmm. And so whenever somebody would get up, everybody would bust out their phone and take a picture of the game board just to prove that somebody's not lying. Oh, wow. And there was this one guy who was just like a super and just intense person in general. And... We knew that if somebody was going to flip that board, it was going to be him. <laughs> so then sometimes it just became a like, we're getting kind of bored. Uh, his name was, his nickname was Uzi. <laughs> he was like that intense. Mm. So we're like, let's just get Uzi to flip the board. <laughs> and then it became everybody would camp out on Madagascar and not fight each other. And he's like, but you guys have to fight. I think that's the whole point of the game. We're like, nah, nah we're going to form a, a coalition. Yeah, this, we're going to build a commune. Yeah. On coalition the... of peace while still amassing an army that you can't defeat. He's like, well, this is stupid. I'm like, it's not stupid. And then somebody would start to like move one piece. Then everybody would move their entire like Helm's Deep style orc thing at him. And he would get mad and flip the table. <laughs> but that game can last for days. Yeah. But it's, I mean... It's world conquest. It's not, you know, the nuance of the real estate market and railroad development. <laughs> Woo. It's kind of fun, though. I mean, I, I did enjoy playing Risk in the, the few times that I played it. I liked it. It's a good one. My kids got a bunch of different um, games. My, oh, I just about cut off a piece I should not have cut off. Glad I didn't do that. Um, my brother's family got my kids board game or like card games each for christmas so they had new games to try out so i let them try them all out before you know figure out which ones were fun and which ones were not and they have one called taco versus burrito not throw throw burrito taco no, no, no. versus burrito no, we we love that one but no this is taco versus burrito and basically you have a little taco shell piece of paper and you're just trying to load it up with gross ingredients and then whoever has the most expensive burrito at the end 
wins. Super yeah. simple, but they get a good laugh out of it because it's like all the stuff that goes into them is really gross, and you can pick gross things and put it in other people's burritos and stuff like that. So that's one. They had one, something about strawberries, and it's basically like a gardening game. It looked terrible. <laughs> Terrible, terrible. And like I was listening from the other room while my wife and the kids were playing this and they were just kind of like, what? You got to like, you got to plant this and make sure you don't cross into the other line where the other thing's growing. And, you know, it was super confusing and a gardening card game. So, Woo. yeah, I got out of that one. <clears throat> Did I tell you when I went to Cadoba the other day? She's speaking of gross burritos. <laughs> <laughs> this lady. Here's the title for you. At, Kidoba, which is like a Chipotle equivalent, uh, got a triple burrito. Like triple burrito. Yeah, their burritos are massive anyway, but she got three burrito tortillas like laid on top of themselves, like a, a slice of or a stack of coins spread out. So like the MasterCard logo, but with three tortillas. And then they poured uh a probably say a newborn baby's worth of <laughs> volume of food on top of that and they wrapped it all up it took like the girl's whole forearm to try to move this thing and then the like the foil that they used to wrap a burrito yeah. was not enough to cover it so they had to get more foil to enclose this burrito this baby sized burrito and then the container that they go to like put it in so that she could take it home with her was not large enough Wow. And they all were really excited because they're like, oh boy, we get to do a double. And she was like, well, actually, I need a triple. And then this girl, like, oh, made a noise. And then she called the new person in from the back to, like, we get to make a triple burrito. So, I mean, was this like a, like a Subway sub that, like, the goes the length of the table, kind of like you get a big one so everybody can kind of eat off of it? Mm -mm. Oh. She was saying that the, she was buying it for a guy. I don't know who this other guy was, but he was not with her. She was like, oh, yeah, he normally gets a double, but he said he wanted a triple. And so you just, like, get extra proteins and extra whatevers. Wow. And it was like a $19 burrito. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> and when I go there, I get the kid's meal, like, bowl, which is like a coffee mug's worth of food, but it's enough to, like, satisfy. I'm not a small person, but that's enough. And then they kind of, like... They got down with hers and like the jubilant, just uh, excited kind of collaborative effort. It took all of the people behind the line and then they slid down to my tiny little shot glass worth of food. And they were like, oh, what do you want? And I'm like, well, I'm sorry. I'm not as grandiose as that thing. <laughs> you should have asked for like a triple kids bowl. So it would have been like a normal adult mm. bowl. But just to sound like you're like really hungry. I want the triple kids bowl, please. <laughs> Yeah, well, that was something I was not prepared for. <laughs> I have never seen anybody do that. Although at McAllister's, they, if you get the large potato, have you ever gotten a large potato there? I've never gotten a potato out at a restaurant before. They have pretty good potatoes because like, mm. they have all this, they fill them up with stuff. But if you get the large one, they take two giant baked potatoes and they slit the end of one of them and you open it up and then they put the other one in it. So they overlap them the same way that you're talking about with the, with the tortillas. And so you end up with about a foot long baked potato. <laughs> foot long potato. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, you know, it's gapped in the middle. So they just fill it up with chili and 
cheese yeah. and whatever else you want. For pretty, those pretty listeners good, not in say. the United States, please reach out to me on social media to let me know how this has affected you. How the triple burrito or the double double potato or whatever, like, I don't know. I've lived abroad. That's not a thing. Is this exciting? Is this a caricature of the United States? Well, or is this pretty much par for the course when you think of how we eat as a society? And to be fair, though, like, I reject that thing that says, like, all Americans eat like that. Because we don't all eat like that. There are maybe more people here that eat like that. But that's not a normal thing for somebody to get a triple burrito or even a double potato. That's a lot of starch. But it is on the menu. It is on the menu, but... The triple burrito is not on the menu. That's just... So you, you could flip that. Well, it's Not true. as a disgusting American, but someone who's very clever, clearly very creative. <laughs> Gaming the system. Maybe that one baby-sized burrito was their meal for a number of days. That's true. Which sounds more disgusting now that I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> that you would just, like, graze on a yeah. child-sized burrito. Blech, never mind. <laughs> That's not a good thing. Don't don't try to swing that in a positive. Bad idea, people. Yeah. Where are these pieces going? Anyway, we don't all eat like that. Just so you know. Just most of us. Well, um, what else we got? I'm trying to figure out where these pieces go. Because uh, I don't see them. One of the things, and I've, I've mentioned this before, one of the things I really like about the Bandai snap-together models is that they are injected molding. Mold, injected molded? Inject, inject molded, molded, injection molded. That's the word combination into the correct colors. So you don't have to paint them if you don't want to. You still get the same point. Um, versus that other model, which I will paint, probably. Um, like you can't really put that one together unless you decide. You know, you got to decide up front whether you want to paint it or not. Like this yeah. one, you can get there and then maybe airbrush it to touch it up or whatever. But I also love the fact that they do multiple colors and materials like these are entirely different materials in the same piece of molding so this one little panel that i'm holding has four separate colors of stuff injected into the same panel i want to see that machine that's really cool because that one is clear right next to a red yeah and that is difficult uh even using red filament certain red filaments will still leave some of that red pigment in the the next line of, of film, even though it's like been extruded gray, it still kind of stains it a little bit. So that's impressive to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I wonder. Yeah, I don't know how they do that. There's probably a video on people the are smart. People are kind of smart sometimes, especially the ones that make triple layer burritos. You got anything else you want to talk about today? And do we want to do a quick recap, a <clears throat> pro and con? Sure. Of the silliness that's happened in this country since we've last... Oh, year. no, I don't want to talk about any of that garbage. Okay. No. It's all all, all con? I don't know. Man. It's terrible. I don't want to talk Do about Do we have any stuff. pros and cons that we have not talked about? We'll, we'll bring in the new year. Let's see. If you're watching a YouTube video, I have a beanie on because it's snowing and freezing cold outside, and I don't know where my hat is. You lost your hat? It's not with me. It's somewhere. Everything's somewhere. That's true. Put that on a t-shirt. Except for Wanda. <laughs> She's somewhere. She's in the nowhere. <laughs> Who put communism on the pro and con list? Mm. Oh my goodness. Communism has never worked in practicality because it ignores the entrepreneurial spirit. There you go. There you go. So is that pro or con? Uh, con. <laughs> well, Maker Buns put some really uh, funny ones on the list. All right, well, let's pick one and do it. Otherwise, 
Carburetors. I'm going to say con because they drive me crazy. Anytime I've ever had to deal with a carburetor, it's been annoying. I guess pro in that they do the thing they're supposed to do, which helps an engine work. So maybe pro? And then you just pick one. Uh, ooh, this one's a little off season, but we're going to do it anyway. We did that one already. Do we really? I yeah. Check it out. Cinnamon brooms? What is a cinnamon broom? We had that exact reaction last time when someone mentioned cinnamon brooms. They're the, like crazy witch looking brooms you can get at Cracker Barrel. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I remember now. It's riveting podcasting. Trackballs. Trackballs. What's a trackball? Trackball. Really? One of these you never had one of those? Oh, the one, the little red one thingies. Well, I mean, some of them were red. Like, has it where your thumb goes? Yeah, like you use the ball. You roll the ball to move the mouse instead of moving the entire yeah. thing around. <clears throat> I used one in college, um, and that was back when, you know, like 3D modeling. I was in like soft image or something, and it was kind of the standard for that because you had. I guess more fine control. Now I'm trying to decide why it was the standard. It was the standard thing to use for 3D modeling, mm. and so I used it for that. But when it came time to like just move around and click on things and you know surf the internet, when I got to that, it was kind of impractical. So yeah, I'm say the, con. the time I've used them has not been for modeling, and it was just <clears throat> cumbersome to use. Yeah, I'm, I'm even we con. had a modern like puck style um, add-on for 3D modeling. Yeah, 3D mouse is what that was called. I had never used it before, so the time I tried to use it, stuff was just spinning and going all crazy, so we never used it. And I think we gave it to Evan, mm -hmm. from Evan and Caitlin, whenever yeah. they came. Which now I kind of want to try one. I mean, I could see it being useful if you got used to it, but at yeah. the same time, like, it I don't think it offered anything. For me, it didn't offer anything that, <laughs> that I couldn't have also done with a normal mouse and the keyboard combo mm. and that's already there so like having a third yeah thing just for a single use or it's single just application to view know. like it just makes the view smoother yeah and that's where i see its benefit like if i was going to screen grab something that we are doing for a project to be able to spin around it and show it in a lot more fluid manner yeah i could see that but i would have to stop and learn how to use that thing and unlearn something i already know how to do Mechanical keyboards, clicky, clacky, clicky. It's never done anything for me. I do not like them. I don't like that sound. I, it's chaos. But I don't like it. They're not all as loud as my obnoxious one. Okay, Anthony said they're not all as loud as his obnoxious clicky, clacky keyboard. But in, I, I don't know, maybe I have a sensory thing. I, I don't like loud noises. I don't like annoying, repetitive, just white noise going on. That sound that he's making, if you can hear that, I hate that sound. So... Clicky clacky keyboards, I'm not a fan. I got Anthony a new keyboard recently, and he was giving me crap about it because I was going to get him a new one. And he was like, you're going to get the right one. And I got him a nice, fancy baller one. But it's silent. It's awesome, too. And he likes it. What does that say? Oh, I don't know. That was just the one that I clicked. Oh, there's, it's on here twice. Well, anyway, we'll, uh, we'll load those up for next time. Um, big thanks to our Maker Alliance, who, you know are kind of behind the scenes. We show them stuff early. We get to hang out with them on uh, Discord. And oh, I just noticed this kit comes with a tiny, <laughs> sorry, I just looked down, there's a tiny little Han and Carbonite right there. Look at that. <laughs> anyway, um, we get to hang out with them on Discord. We do a monthly hangout. They get discounts for all sorts of stuff, but mainly it's just a really cool community of people. And mm -hmm. um, they are big supporters of us. They uh, help us out with things and 
They're really cool. So thank you to all of them for helping support this show and everything else that we do. They're a big part of it. If you want to join that crew and get all that stuff that I just mentioned, plus a bunch of other stuff, you know, discounts and all that, go to iliketomakestuff.com slash join and join. That's why we put that in the URL, because you can join there. So Today I sent out a discount code for all of the products in our store. I sent mm. out free plans and an early viewing of a project video all today to everyone in the Maker Alliance. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. Go take advantage of that if you want to. But even if you don't, thanks to you. Thank, thanks you. I thanks you for listening. Thank you for listening to this. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us and waiting for us to come back this year. And we're, we're back. We'll try to stay on schedule-ish. I've got 16 bags worth of Legos, so i got nowhere to go. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, thanks again. Catch you next time. Bye-bye.